Good evening, everybody. This is Bubba's Bodyguard Podcast. I'm blessed to have Al Hondo Handy on on here uh, right now. He will be uh, joining us tonight for our episode, and uh, we'll be just picking his brain and and just hearing about his life journey and about his career. He had um, around 40 years experience in recreation and parks and dealing with the youth, and uh, he's what I consider a hometown hero back in Ocean City, Maryland, and on the Eastern Shore. Uh, welcome, Welcome, Hondo. How is everything? Everything's great. Thank you for having me on, Bubba. Yes, sir. Anytime. Um, can you just kind of elaborate a little bit about um, your doings and, um, you know, in your profession and, and how you got started in recreation and parks? Well, Bubba, it's been a long journey. Um, you know, I graduated from Salisbury University, uh, but then it was Salisbury State College, but now Salisbury University. And of course, I was looking for a teaching job because my major was in uh, uh, physical education. Um, it was difficult to find a job on the Eastern Shore. And uh, my friend, uh, my teammate, one of my teammates from our state basketball championship team, who was my next door neighbor, Lonnie Mercer, he went into the Marine Corps where I went to college. And he got out just about the same time I got out and graduated from college. And I told him I was looking for a job, and he had gotten a job in um, Baltimore. And um, he was working at the post office. Uh, in daytime, but he, uh, so he, I told him, he said, why don't you come up uh, to uh, Hartford County? Um, it actually was Edgewood, Maryland. And I, I said, okay, you know, I got all the applications here. I might well try it somewhere else. So I went up there. He said, what you can do is put your applications in and in the daytime and I can get you a job in the evening. He got me a job working at uh, John Hopkins Hospital at night. So it was a, it was a, a long time ago, so it was the uh, called the dead man shift from 12 midnight to 8 a.m. in the morning. And um, I tell you, it was so long ago that uh, I had to drive from John Hopkins back to Harford County in Edgewood, Maryland, about 30 some minutes away, and uh, go check his, his telephone uh, to see if there was a phone call uh, or a message left because we didn't have uh, cell phones then. And so what happened was I started getting substitute teaching jobs uh, at the different schools, Edgewood, uh, Edgewood uh, in Edgewood, Maryland, and Foston High School, Harvardy Grace, Bel Air, Foston, all those schools around that area. Um, and um, this one, one time I, I got a long-term substituting job. So I had to work midnight shift and go substitute all day and it was at Edgewood Elementary School and so I was there for a, a number of weeks maybe four four weeks because I graduated in December and I said well this is good man I um, got my foot in the door at this one school maybe I get a job but one day I came in and there was a uh, um, a note on the bulletin board next to the gymnasium and it said uh, that Harford County Recreation and Parks was looking for a um, <clears throat> a youth basketball director at Edgewood Elementary School, right? the school where I was at. I said, man, I could do that. Uh, you know, I played basketball in college and high school. So I applied and got the job, and the principal gave me a, gave me a, um, a key. And oh, I thought, I said, man, I got a chance to get a job here. Everybody's getting to know me. I'm teaching after school. Then I still had to go work at, the, at, at John Hopkins Hospital. So now I'm going almost year, oh, it's around the clock. Uh, but we'll make a long story short, 
I really enjoyed that. Uh, and then the summer uh, came around, and uh, he said, uh, "Hey, uh, how would you like to be our summer camp director right here at this school?" I said, "Man, I, I, man, this is an opportunity. That I'm going to meet everybody in the community." And um, so I took that uh, position, summer camp director. But he said he was going to talk to me on Monday morning, so I at ten ten o'clock. So I came in about nine thirty and walked down to the gym, and a janitor says, "Hey." Man, you're late. I said, what do you mean I'm late? He says, uh, they've been in there for a long while. I said, I don't have a meeting till 10 o'clock. He says, well, they've been here. So I go in and I walk in the door. He said, oh, the director said, oh, here he is. Here's your, here's your new summer camp director. I said, I don't know anything about summer camp. That's how I had told him before. Thought we were going to talk about it. And here he is introducing me as the summer camp director. So I had to kind of learn uh, real fast what uh, summer camps were all about. There's all-day camps for the kids, students. And um, make a long story short, when I got a chance to come back home, there was a job opening in Ocean City, Maryland. Took that job. They said, uh, you know, there's a chance to become a, a full-time programmer, which was, you know, the director of the basketball league in, in Hartford County. It was like a little part-time thing. And when I took it, I started working as a in the parks division, but I knew that position was probably going to come up that I wanted, and I worked as a public ground specialist for a number of years, uh, uh, a new position that they created for me, and I, I loved that. And, uh, eventually, I became a programmer hired by Tom Palazzo. Uh, his brother was Sam Palazzo, once uh, the Baltimore Orioles Major League uh, Baseball coach, and uh, we got along real good. Eventually, uh, uh, I got into programming, and, and that started my career. All right, absolutely. And, um, you know, I know you have just such a, a powerful story and uh, you were able to, you know, impact not only just the, the, the immediate youth at the recreation complex there in Ocean City, Maryland, but you had uh, just a, a swarm of the entire community that, that you really were able to, uh, you know, provide encouragement to and motivation throughout uh, all of your doings uh, of your, you know, work and, and outside of your work profession and uh, you know, on behalf of me and everyone else, I just want to, you know, send a big thank you to you for uh, your your commitment, your your relentless commitment to the Ocean City and surrounding communities. Um, you've definitely brought a lot of change and inspired a lot of people, um, you know, along your along your career path and in your journey uh, of life. And um, wh- what would you say from when you started to when you finished your your workings uh, was what were some really big changes that came about that that you were very proud of? Uh, that, that you could say, whether it was something that was directly changed at the recreation and parks or, or implemented or just any in general of any uh, uh, organization that you were a part of that you brought uh, some, some change? What would you say uh, along that lines? Well, 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 first of all, I want to make sure, make sure you uh, know this. I don't think you knew that. But when I came back from Hartford County uh, and I was working in the uh, parks division, mm-hmm. I, I said, I really got to do some recreation myself. So I st- actually started, myself and Greg Purnell, started a, a program for the kids in Berlin. It was called the Berlin Municipal Youth Basketball mm-hmm. League. Now, now I'm already working at Ocean City, but I wasn't in programming yet. So I ran a, we ran a summer basketball league for about five years. And that included so many of the guys that you probably heard of. I tell you, one who played with us when he was very young, that was Andre Foreman. Wow. Uh, the leading Division Theory scorer in the history of uh, right. Division yes. Three basketball. And he was in our little program. 
but it was many of the kids, uh, uh, the people that uh, that you know in this mm-hmm. area here, they were in that program. And when I went to Ocean City, uh, there was so much I had to adjust to because uh, it was such a small gymnasium. Mm-hmm. You know, we worked at City Hall. And so the biggest change was eventually getting it, getting to be able to get to Northside Park so we could expand the program. Right. I probably started a brand new bubble, probably at least 10, maybe 15, 18 programs that they've never had at Ocean City. Wow. Uh, so uh, uh, we started, you know, we start with one. I think the, the, the coolest thing is we start with one summer camp, sports camp, let me put it like that. And this year when I was leaving, we had 85 summer camps. Wow. So that was a big, big change. Absolutely, there. that was uh, you know drastic, uh, drastic changes, and, and for the betterment of, of you know the youth in, in the area. And uh, along your journey, you've you've been uh, blessed to have a lot of uh, accomplishments and a lot of accolades. Uh, if there was one that you were most proud of that that just uh, is dearest to your heart, whether it be when you were recognized for Citizen of the Year, uh, or it was uh, recently uh, you were in workings to bring sportsmanship, uh, bring it, bring in more awareness to sportsmanship. And, and you were a part of uh, signing off, uh, Governor Hogan signing off on uh, March to be sportsmanship month, if, if, if I'm correct with that. And uh, what, what would you say was your, was your proudest moment of, of your entire, uh, of your entire career? Well, you know, there's been a whole lot of uh, things mm-hmm. that I can, I can mention uh, from, um, uh, being named, uh, you know, uh, I was not only named a citizen mm-hmm. of the year in Ocean City once, but I was named citizen in Ocean City twice. Wow. And and uh, and uh, I think uh, that has to be one of the biggest accomplishments that I had. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I say that is because, you know, if you look back, you would think uh, you have to live in Ocean City. Right. <laughs> but I don't even live in Ocean right. City. Right. <laughs> So I think it was a lot of accomplishments and the thing that I provided the youth with uh, and done, did for the youth, uh, so many different things I had, uh, you know, and done for the youth. At, uh, the, the community saw that, and, uh, you know, I got an opportunity to do it twice. But the sportsmanship thing is something that I, I'm really pr- I'm proud of uh, probably the mm-hmm. most, in, and it happened just as I left. Right. You know, we went in the... Uh, testified about three years in a row in Annapolis trying to convince the senators and the legislators and the House to pass that. And just as I'm leaving, the governor decides to uh, sign it. You know, without, I didn't even know it's happening. Right. So I was so, ha- so happy that it happened. Absolutely. And, and that's, um, you know, just a tes- testament to uh, your commitment and to just, you know, being relentless in life. If you if you set out for a goal, uh, to achieve something in life, and you know, like you said, it took three years to get it done. But now that you know it's 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 intact and it's passed, uh, you know, just what you know, what change and and what uh, you know, pride that allows people to take pride in sportsmanship, and it just really instills that into the youth, which is uh, so important because sportsmanship isn't, you know, it, it it really is so much. It's 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 about respect. It's about respecting yourself and and your teammates and and the other team and respecting your coaches and. And uh, sportsmanship is, uh, you know, um, if, if you take a loss that you wouldn't know if you lost or won when you step off the court, you know, that everyone holds their head high and, and, and does so in a, in a professional mannerism. And what would you say sportsmanship really means to you, Hondo? 
Uh, well, you know, I think sportsmanship really boils down to uh, the same thing you learn in school, uh, treating people the way you want to be treated um, and being responsible for what you're, you're supposed to do and saying the things that you said you're going to do and doing the things that you're supposed to do uh, and just trying to learn and take, learning to take a loss and, and being ge- generous to everybody when, you, when you're victorious. Uh, so perseverance, uh, respect, uh, all of those things, uh, to me, mean sportsmanship. You know, as I was leaving Ocean City, um, well, I guess just before I left, the year before, and this year they, they really did it about a couple months ago, they had their, in Ocean City, they had the uh, Recreation Park Sportsmanship Night, and they named the awards night after me. So now, from now on, it's going to be called the Al Hondo Handy Sportsmanship Award. So every kid that gets an award, which it was over 100 so mm-hmm. kids this past March, everyone had a, a certificate with my name on it. Wow. And that's um, – congratulations, and that's definitely well-deserving. And, you know, you've, you, you're so earning of that um, – and just every every accolade and achievement you have uh, possessed in life, and um, you know, as I stated previously, you, you've you've inspired many of us. Uh, you know, myself personally, uh, just you know, just keeping in contact with you, and um, you know, I actually used to work uh, at recreation and parks for some time as well. Um, yes. You know, growing up, and uh, you know, just being able to work along with you, and and you know, with some of your programs and coaching basketball there, and uh, with with boys and girls basketball, and. Uh, just uh, there, there was never a day where where you you questioned Hondo was was Hondo going to give you everything that he had. No, every day you were uh, committed to the youth. Every day you could, you know, you were there from from the start of programs to end of programs, and uh, you know you you could really tell that it was it was your passion and purpose and your calling in life that uh, you know you you really loved the youth, you loved sports, um, and that most importantly you love to give back, you love to help others, and. Uh, just encourage people and, and just be there for people. And, uh, you know, that's so important nowadays, uh, you know, people like yourself and the things that you do, uh, are so, uh, you know, are so appreciated because, you know, kids nowadays, they may grow, grow up in broken homes or, uh, you know, may not have parents fully involved in their lives or could, could be facing some bullying issues and things of that nature. And, um, you know, recently uh, I was named a, a an ambassador for Bodyguards Against Bullying, which is an organization that is uh, is an international movement of bodyguards, uh, which was yeah. founded by Mason Haynes, who is one of the Kardashians bodyguards. And um, what would you say, Hondo, if you if you could speak up uh, and, and use your voice and your platform at this moment uh, for for anybody who has endured any type of bullying? What, what is your message against bullying? Well, I think uh, I would tell each kid that's involved with bullying, uh, first the person that is being bullied, to make sure you tell someone. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't tell anyone, it's going to continue. Uh, bullying, uh, to me, is uh, like a technical foul in sports. Right. If you continue getting technical fouls, there needs to be there's a big problem and someone needs to do something mm-hmm. about it. Um, I think whether it's a teacher or whether it's at the recreation parks and programs, we need to address it. We need to have some firm rules against someone bullied, bullied because uh, you, you could tell if someone continues to bully, they're going to be what kind of career or what kind of life they're going to have. Right. I've, se- I've seen it. 
you know, I've seen it. You, you, you've spoken to them. Uh, you know, about you know, being more kinder to people, and they continue to do it. And you look back and you see how much trouble these guys have gotten into. So there, there's uh, uh, things that you can point to uh, a person being bullied, uh, and a person that is doing the bully, bullying needs to talk to people. It's a time to get some uh, verbiage with the teachers, uh, with your coach, and uh, uh, if you're being bullied. We got to fight it back against it. Absolutely. And um, what what would you say um, in in your dealings with the youth and, and you know all different ages of children and and you know uh, things of that nature? What would you say was was a secret or some type of um, thing that you possessed that that you just you just found it to work every time? Whether it was a, a kid that was doing great or was a, an at risk uh, youth or a kid that maybe was problematic. What did you What did you kind of find out in, in your workings that 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 really uh, stayed true to you? That really worked. That 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 could gr- grasp a kid. That you could really really uh, talk to a, a kid. Because I noticed that with you, you were uh, you were somebody that could that could deal with a magnitude of, of different uh, you know different children and and whether it was a kid that may have been causing some trouble or you know was the kid that looked for trouble or was the kid that was that was. Uh, you know, excelling ac- academically and in sports and things of that nature and was taking care of his responsibilities. What would you say uh, stayed true to you that, that was always uh, helpful in, in your dealings with the youth? I, I think I always had opportunity to actually talk to the kids, um, find out what the, what the really the main problem was. Maybe the kids having some problems at home. Maybe they haven't had anything to eat. Maybe they've been bullied, right. and now now they're taking it out on someone else. So my uh, goal uh, in, the, in at, at recreation parks was always to communicate with the kids. Uh, if I had to communicate with the parents, but but I would always have some kind of discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, take take something away. If they love basketball and they just were bullying everybody out there, like, hey, you, you're done for next game. Come in and talk to me. Uh, you know, you're you gonna have to do some kind of uh, apologizing to certain people. If you do it again, you're out for another two games, and next time you're out of the league. Right. So, so you have to set some kind of uh, uh, priority mm-hmm. to let kids know, and you talk to them right off the bat. Absolutely, and that's that's what I did. I always talk to them when we first start. I'm like, you know, we want you to be showing sportsmanship, but parents, I'm gonna tell you right now, the kids right now. If you are not uh, abiding by our rules and you want to do things that uh, you think you can do and they're wrong, uh, we're going to have some kind of discipline accident and the program's going to go on without you. So, but I was able to talk to a lot of kids and most of the time, uh, just talking with the kids, I felt uh, uh, rather than just saying, hey, you're done. Uh, and they still got the same problem if they're done. Uh, without talking to them, you don't get anything uh, Accomplished. Right, absolutely. And um, what would you say? Uh, obviously, you've been around Ocean City area and with the um, recreation and parks for quite a long time. What would you say if there was one thing? Um, as this is, uh, you know, similar to this is a uh, kind of like a security related question. What What is something that you could say could could make the recreation and parks safer? What is one thing that that you would like to see implemented, whether it be uh, an officer coming to the the events when there's uh, having events or additional security or 
just anything along the lines of the guidelines of that, what would you say is one thing that you, you would like to see implemented to make things safer for the youth and for the parents attending the games? Well, in the last uh, few years, mm-hmm. that has happened. That has happened. Right. Uh, we've had uh, officers come through, even if they were just uh, checking in every every half hour, coming through. Uh, and also, we put they put cameras up so they can see any, every block of the of the of the uh, facility, right. whether where you're around the building or in the west end or in the east end, uh, in the hallways. Uh, now we can say. Uh, find out things or something happened. So I didn't do that. I didn't, but here you are right here. Right. So, so all those things happen. We let them know it happened. We let them know those things happen. And, uh, uh, you know, the police are, are not there. And, and what I did years mm-hmm. ago, uh, which I've, I've lo- they lost a little bit, was um, I used to have a lot of the police officers uh, as, as my coaches. Right. Um, now you know a lot of a lot of them had kids at that time, and it was much easier. Now it's a little harder to get them because they don't have as many officers year round. Uh, but uh, I would love to see uh, more police officers uh, really involved as coaches and officials or whatever, just being involved with the record. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I'll, I'll say from my pers- personal perspective, uh, you know, just having experience working at, you know, at, at that level with recreation parks that I think they do, they do a well job of, of, you know, like you said, making sure law enforcement checks in. Uh, there's, you know, camera systems installed and uh, the radios that the facility monitors carry, which I liked is if you if you you can just go right on to Ocean City communication channel if you need EMS, yes. fire, yeah. police. So, there was definitely um, some great things that were implemented and, you know, I would like to see, you know, other recreation centers, you know, do that as well, because those are things that are absolutely needed, um, you know, in, in, in a matter of an emergency situation, seconds are very pivotal. And, uh, you know, just that that coordination that everyone's on the same same page and keeping that line of communication uh, is so extremely pivotal in, in a security situation or whatever it may be. Um, and, you know, I just I, I want to condone and, and give credit, you know, when credit is due and they, they do a well job, of, you know, Ocean City Recreation and Parks um, with, with, you know, facilitizing that. And um, can, can you give me, uh, you know, obviously throughout life and, you know, everyone's journeys, we, we all go through some type of struggles or, or some hardships or we, we face problems. And what what is one problem that that you could give me an example of where. It was a roadblock, but you you used your skills um, to to get past it. Um, what would you say? What, what was that? Uh, can you give me a, a good uh, a vision of, of a problem you were able to overcome in, in life during your journey? Um, probably um, when uh, when I was in um, when when I, when I was in Edgewood, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, some things weren't growing as, as well as I wanted to. Right. And, and, and I, I, I kind of grew up with, with my cousins that's next door to me in, in, in Bishopville, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And he, he became, he was actually, to me, it was my brother. Right. And um, when things weren't growing super well up, up, uh, up in uh, Harford County, uh, he gave me, uh, he told me to, uh, what, what I needed to do was to go back and pack my bags and head back to the Eastern shore. Mm-hmm. And at the time I thought, I'm like, wait a minute, I want to be away from home. <laughs> you know how you, right. you go to school, you ready to get it. 
is you go back and you start over. Uh, and I'm like, <laughs> but I have listened to him all my life. Right. So I went home. I went back to my apartment, packed my bags, and headed to the Eastern Shore. And lo and behold, uh, after forty some years, I'm retired from a program from a from a position that was my calling, uh, a program a position that I didn't feel like I was going to work at all. Absolutely, uh, because I enjoyed it every day. Uh, people didn't understand why I was smiling every day. Uh, I uh, had a chance to go to another another recreation apartment one time, and my mother said, "Hey." The grass might seem greener on the other side, but when you were looking, they gave you a chance, and I don't think you should let should leave them, and I didn't. So, um, I would say that's the one thing that I overcame, mm-hmm. thinking that things weren't going to work out, and you got to listen to people, don't do it all on your own. And uh, it worked out for me after 40 years. Absolutely. And um, this past summer, I was able to uh, sit down and have a conversation with Mayor uh, Rick Mahan in Ocean City. He's the mayor. Um, And, and, you know, Mm -hmm. we we just got to talking and things like that. And, uh, you know, I I passed along in our conversation that I had known you and and used to work alongside you. And um, what Mayor Mahan uh, relayed to me was that, he, you know, obviously he was, you know, very proud of you and very honored to know you. And he said, uh, you said, believe it or not, I've been mayor here, you know, a numerous amount of years. And he said, uh, believe it or not, that Hondo is probably more known in Ocean City than I am. Just just to have that be, be said, Hondo, what, what does that mean to you? And and I can attest to that, that it doesn't matter if I was in Berlin in Ocean City, if I was dealing with youth or adults, that if I mentioned the name Hondo, everyone knew who you were and the impact that you were making in that community. What, what does that mean to you? Uh, <laughs> I've heard him say that a number of times. Right. <laughs> uh, it, it does just bring a smile to my face. Uh, you know, you, you're right. When I, I can't go into it. Matter of fact, my wife does not like me to go shopping with her <laughs> because I just, she, you know, People just continue to come up and talk, whether it's a kid, whether it's uh, one of my little leaguers from back in the 80s that now have kids in our programs. You know, I've had a lot of people that, a lot, a lot of kids that were in my program that are now uh, coaching or volunteering for our program. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 the amazing part, too. I love, uh, you know, I love seeing everybody, and uh, I, I pretty much remember everybody, too, so... Uh, getting to know uh, everybody. One of my proudest things that I didn't mention mm-hmm. about yes. is, is that uh, uh, in City Hall, my name is on a on a plaque in City Hall, and it'll be there for for now. Wow! As a citizen citizen of the year in Ocean City, and that plaque will never be moved. Wow! So I think that is you know something that I can, uh, and I've had a couple of times I had an opportunity to bring some of my family members from out of town to come down to Ocean City and go into City Hall and see that. And they're like, oh, I can't believe it. Right. Wow. Can't believe it. <laughs> well, congratulations. And I, I didn't know that. So that, that's pretty interesting. And that's definitely uh, a, a major achievement and just something like you said, you know, that you can be so proud of. And um, it's just, uh, it, you know, like I said, it's just an, it's a testament to the goodness of God and that uh, that that your efforts, you know, when you put effort into something and you, make sacrifices in life and and uh you're in it for the right reasons when you really discover like you said your passion your purpose in life that every day you came to work 
that no matter what you you were you were so you had so much joy in, in, in doing your work and and dealing with youth and and the sports programs and and, and dealing with the community um that you know that uh you know you just you just thrive so much and you were able to achieve so much and, and aspire you know so many at different ages and different levels of life um and and you know just you know like I, go ahead i you know and i said i had a chance to, to interact with the entire community yes and by, by that i mean not only the kids and the parents uh, but the community, but the uh, businesses, and uh, I was a liaison for our department for all the uh, community organizations. I, I, I used to go and speak to uh, the different community organizations that got uh, requested to come to, you know, be the Optimus or the Apps or the Optimus or the Rotary. Mm-hmm. I, I got the chance to talk to uh, our American Legion. Uh, I got a chance to talk uh, to many of the uh, people that are in the community, that run the community mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the councilman and uh, so it was just a great experience for me. Uh, so many business owners helped me out. Uh, so many uh, councilmen helped me out and it, it was just a wonderful experience for me in Ocean City, Maryland. Absolutely and um, so let, let's say some years in the future or, or in the near future if there was a if there was a need an opening for mayor, would you run for mayor, Honda? Whether it be Berlin, Ocean City, if you if you met the qualifications, which I'm absolutely sure that you would, would you run for mayor? Um, you know, I uh, uh, was in a doctor's office, and that was the first time I got asked that. Uh-huh. The surgeon said uh, I was actually getting a surgery. He says, "You know, you need to run to you need to run for office." Right. <laughs> But, but of course, my wife was there. She said, "Absolutely not." <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, uh, you know, that's something to think about in the in the in the future. Right. But you know, if I were um, uh, if I were eligible, uh, I really give a hard 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 thought whether it be in Berlin, Ocean City, or wherever I live. Right. Uh, but uh, <laughs> right now, you know, I'm just in my one year. Matter of fact, a Sunday. Uh, was my in is my one year anniversary of being retired. Wow! So, Congratulations. So right, <laughs> so right now, uh, I'm not thinking about any political office at the, at the moment. Yes, and, and since you just touched on retirement, uh, how, how has retirement life been, and what are some things that you're doing now that you're uh, retired? Are you still doing some? Are you still involved in some workings? Uh, and and just how were you able to enjoy your life after you know you finished your profession? Well, uh, you know, the first thing we did was uh, uh, we did a little traveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we pretty much can't do that. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but I've been working on uh, two uh, books. I've been trying to write uh, to write two books. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is about my experience uh, growing up on the Eastern Shore, just about me growing up on the Eastern Shore and uh, going through all those things I told you, leaving Harford County coming back to Ocean City and finally getting a job uh, that I probably liked, and it kind of ends there. Uh, the second book, uh, if it becomes a second book, is not one big one. Mm-hmm. Because right now, right now I'm on chapter 41. Wow. <laughs> and I said, I got to split these up. They got to be two books. Right. <laughs> and and um, 
the second one is about me starting uh, the recreational parks in City Hall on Third Street, right out the back door of City Hall, very small gymnasium in there, and ending at Northside Park uh, and all the different uh, uh, stories in between. Right. And it's kind of like a now and then. Yes. Uh, our then and now uh, book. And besides that, I've been playing some golf. You know, uh, I love playing golf. Now I'm cut off on playing golf because all the golf courses are closed. But um, the other thing is, uh, finally, finally, you know, I uh, uh, won a state basketball championship years ago and played basketball at Salisbury University um, as well as soccer, baseball, and I ran track. I, I thought I was like in high school. Usually go to college and play one sport. I did four. Wow. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I just never had chances to go and see like the girls play basketball at my local school, Stephen Decatur, mm-hmm. and the boys play because I was always at the rec center. Right. And then that's in 30 some years when I would hear who won the game. And that's about all I could do because, uh, you know, I just couldn't get to the games till the end of the season and they would be in the playoffs. If they win, they, they play another game. If they lose, I, I saw one game for the year. Right. Uh, so, so I've been able to do that. Uh, but one of the biggest things that I've been able to do uh, uh, is, uh, you know, one of the programs that you were probably involved with is, is coaches certifications. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, um, I, I I think it is very important, a must, uh, before you have someone out there coaching kids. They need to be certified, background checked, all that good stuff. Yes. And I'm, I'm uh, so I, I was the first to start that program in Ocean City. Um, after I had, you know, a problem with one of my programs, I came in, I told my, my director then, I said, look, you know, these, I had two baseball coaches there almost fighting night here. We got to do something about it. He mm-hmm. said, okay, well, well, you're going to, you need to find out how to, 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 to do something about it. What are you going to do? I'm like, what am I going to do? So I had to do some research and all that, and then we came up with that coaching certification program, mm-hmm. the National Alliance for Youth Sports. Yes. And uh, I've worked with them for over 30-some years, uh, each year trying to certify different coaches, and you've been certified too. Yes. And um, But now I did take a little position working with them, uh, and that's based in West Palm Beach, Florida. Wow. Uh, as the uh, Mid-Atlantic. Uh, regional representative of the National Alliance for Youth Sport. So I cover Virginia, Maryland, and Delaware. Uh, so, um, you know, for an example, I just went to the Delaware Recreational Parks Conference uh, a f- couple of weeks ago, just spreading the word about the importance of uh, getting coaches certified. So, so that's one of the things. So I'm still not out of everything, but but now I'm focusing on. Uh, um, recreation apartments across the country right absolutely and uh what would you say uh, in your workings with that with the uh with that uh association what what is a working that you're you're trying to anything that you're uh really trying to work on in this moment with them anything uh that that really is at the top of your mind that you're trying to to achieve with them any any uh, immediate goal well it's, it's a big <laughs> it's a big program my main thing is uh, trying to convince people the importance of, of certifying background check of their, their coaches. There's still recreational parks in the country that aren't doing that. They let people walk off the street right. and start, co- start coaching. And if something happens, see, they're liable. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, anything can happen in these days. 
but uh, it, it's it's a big program. It's a program for parents to that that just had kids. Um, uh, it's a certification program for parents, which I think is very important. Uh, certification program for coaches, as I mentioned, for officials and for league directors. So um, just spreading that word, that good word about, hey, have you got yourself covered? We don't want anything to happen to you. Because one parent can say, uh, if you go to court, you know, right? Uh, they'll bring out, okay, well, this coach did this to my kid. Okay, was that coach certified to be out there? They right. Said, no, they're they're in trouble. Right. Absolutely. They're in trouble. So we're just trying to spread the word is uh, the importance of doing that because I know uh, that they and you still see it. You still see it um, that coaches uh, that are out there sometimes are not uh, certified to be out there. Right. Yes. And, and I think that's important. And um, you know, I was, I was, I'm grateful that I was able to get certified, and I think that is something that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a major measurement in, in the preventative maintenance. Uh, you know, and it's basically preventing things before they happen. If you know you got people out there that are reliable, that are trusted, that are passing a background check, that are, you know, going through certain certifications and measurements, you know, it's, uh, it, it's going to definitely lessen your your liability and your problems, and you know, it's something that. Uh, you know, definitely is great that 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 is is doing, and, and I'm glad that you're continuing to, to spread the, the the due diligence and the workings of that. Um, you know, you know, Bubba. One of the things that uh, my first director, Tom Palazzo, said, you know, if you want to be successful, and this could go for you also, mm-hmm. if you want to be successful, you need to surround yourself with good people. Yes. And if I was to not make sure these coaches are volunteers past background checks, I was, I don't know if I'm sort of surrounding myself with good people. Right. So if you want to make it be, be uh, successful, make sure everybody's on the same plane as you are using your same philosophy and they really want to be there, not just to get a paycheck. Absolutely. And, and I agree. Um, you know, in, in my field as well, you know, you got to be, this is the biggest misconception with bodyguarding is that, uh, people think it's just all about size and it's all about a firearm, but it's so much deeper than that, that uh, it's a critical soft skill that you have to possess. You have to be a good person. You have to be able to be trusted around people's family. You have to be trusted with information. Uh, you have to be reliable. You have to have discipline. It, it's so much, so many skills over any type of equipment or any outside training that you could have. If you, if you, if you lack those uh, integrity skills, those character skills, those those people skills to being able to have a conversation with somebody and networking and making connections that you you have to have those skills in this field and, and just in life in general that if you have that uh, and like you said if you surround yourself with people that are genuine and good people and that have the best interest and and a like minded goal that can say hey you know what Hondo I believe in you Bubba I believe in you whatever it may be and you know that that's most important um, just just to just to have that and. Um, you know, like I said, it's it's a it's a big misconception. And then, you know, in, in my field as well uh, with bodyguarding is that, uh, you know, and this just kind of relates to just problems and just uh, some of the some of the problems that, that youth may have. And even even at a, as, a, as a bodyguard, it, it's flight over fight. So it's it's removing yourself and your client out of a situation over over being in a fight, because if you're tied up in this situation. <laughs> You know, your, your, your client isn't at safety. So just just removing yourself out of a situation and getting out of harm's way and getting, you know, 
whatever to whatever your B location is safely is most important, you know, setting aside pride and ego and just reverting to your training. And, and like I said, getting yourself to safety is most important. <coughs> and, um, you know, I, I see that a lot in the youth that, you know, that there's uh, there may be something to prove and this and that. And at the end of the day, you know, just sometimes in life when you may get heated and this is just any any encouragement to the youth that you just walk away from the situation and you just take take a few seconds to think you know before you just react off of instinct because uh you know you could you could really you know god forbid mess, mess up your future or go go down a, a path that you don't want to go down just off of uh, you know, one decision in life. And uh, if you could kind of elaborate on this as well, Hondo, if you had any advice that you could give uh, to, to any youth that may be going through some troubles right now, they, they may be turning to, to the streets or they may be, um, you know, a kid that is just uh, in, in and out of the system or uh, a kid that is, is doing a lot of bullying. What, what is your message to them that they can change or, or that, uh, that that's just not the way to go in life? Well, Bob, first of all, it sounded like you were describing me when you were talking about your position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm right. Exactly right. That's exactly what you have to do. You have to be a people person. Mm-hmm. You have you have to be able to tell the kids the truth. Right. Uh, and and you have to be able to say, uh, tell them what you're going to do, and not back down from it. Right. I mean, I it, it's hurt me a lot of times when I had to discipline kids, but mm-hmm. I, I told them from the beginning. That this is what's going to happen, um, you know. There, there, I have I have so many examples. I have a kid that was in in in, in a fight a mm-hmm. fight at the, at the rec center, right? Uh, rather than kicking him out because uh, that was his first time. Rather than kicking him out of the program for good, I, I brought him in and I talked to him. You know, I had to continue to talk to him. That's what I'm saying. Is communication is what is going to happen. Yes. Uh, so, so when you get a chance to talk to a kid that's going down the wrong direction. You need to keep continuing to talk to him. An example: of this kid that I'm talking to you about. Mm-hmm. I don't want to men- mention his name. Yes, uh, but uh, I continue to talk to him. His, you know, parents would call and say, "Hey, he's doing this. Doesn't want to do his homework." And I would it put me on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this has happened a lot of times. But put me on the phone. I would talk to him. I'm like, "Hey, I want you to be here. You know, your team needs you there. But if you don't do your homework, uh, I'm not going to let you play." Right. And those things, same thing the parents would tell them. They just want to hear it from someone else. But the kid that I'm talking to you about, um, that, uh, you know, he, he was almost trying to get in the fights a lot. So I had to mm-hmm. keep an eye on him and continue to talk with him. Well, the kid's now an all American uh, football player. Wow. <laughs> it's just how things turn around. Right, right. So, so you can't give up on him. Right. You continue to talk to him. And, um, you know, just put your heart where their heart is. You know, right. it could be anything. It could be anything. It's been a number of times that I've taken. You know, which you know we we don't try to do now, but I've probably taken seven guys in my car, eight guys in my car home because they had no way to get home. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. After basketball, so I. Um, think that you have to put your heart into it talk to the parents if you can find a parent if there's not a parent around you know you really become the parent you become the coach the parent the disciplinarian uh the father uh the teacher uh when you're dealing with kids especially at the rec you, you become all of those things absolutely and uh you know i think i think that um it you know it, tr- it, it serves absolutely true with you you know you were 
you were a father to many, you were uh, a role model to many, you were uh, a, a true leader to many, you were uh, a coach, you were, you know, a, a great friend and, and just, you know, so, so many, so many amazing titles uh, in, in just one. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really just amazing, um, you know, everything you're able to achieve. And like I said, most importantly, over any accolade and, and, and things of that nature is just the, the, the desire to give back, the desire to actually have a true impact on the youth and families in the Ocean City community and all across, you know, you've impacted all, all across people uh, in Maryland and in the Eastern Shore and throughout any, any doing that you've been in, uh, you know, with, with the coaching uh, allegiance and uh, with recreation and parks for your 40-year career. Um, it's just, it's just uh, you know, really you, there's not an adjective powerful enough to describe the impact that you that you were able to have on so many people um and if there is if yes go ahead one of the things i i'm also proud of, about is uh bubbles I, I try to bring new things to ocean city mm-hmm. um uh not just the same um you know, basic programs of basketball and soccer and those things. Uh, by being involved with the National Alliance for Youth Sports, I was able to bring some uh, programs there that were piloted, uh, which were, means programs that, that were just getting started. Yes. And, and I would run on four or five different programs that were piloted in Ocean City. And once I gave a report that they worked out pretty good here in Ocean City, Mm-hmm. Then, then those programs are spread across the country. Wow! Uh, not just they started in Ocean City. It was fine. They gave my report, gave the information back to them, and they used the program. For, that's when they uh, expanded the program across the country. So those are a lot of small things people probably would never know if they if they didn't ask. Yes, and and I actually believe I, I remember some of that. We when we used to have some talkings and stuff when when I was working at the recreation center. Uh, you know, just like you were saying, just how things were able to branch out, you know, you would, you would start with an idea and, uh, you know, it would, it would, you know, go smoothly and you were able to extend out with that and have it, you know, implemented in in numerous other recreations in different States, you know, however it may, may be fit. Uh, and that, that's just, you know, amazing that, um, you know, it really just starts with an idea and and you just go from there and you build on things and you, you never know how far it can take you in life. If you just continue to persevere, and, uh, you know, whatever that goal or dream is, yeah, if, you know, you hold on to it, protect it and never let it go, that it will come to pass, you know, with hard work, sacrifices and strong faith that any anything is possible. Yeah. And, you know, uh, another thing that I'm really proud of mm-hmm. is, is that uh, uh, I, I was named after a few years of working with the, uh, the National Alliance Youth Sports uh, mm-hmm. and, and going to their conferences and different things. Um I was named the global gear, the national global gear uh, coordinator. Wow! And, and, and what that was is, I was in charge of collecting new and used equipment, sporting mm-hmm. sporting equipment, right? Uh, from uh, all across the country. I was the the person that was in charge of it, and having it had it sent down would be sent down to Florida. And then they would ship it all around the world to under, underprivileged kids that did not have any sporting goods equipment. Wow! Uh, and that was and and one of the one of the greatest things from that bubble is I got a picture uh, of a kid holding, and we would write our names on some of the equipment. 
Mm-hmm. So <laughs> was that one of the balls that came right out of the rec center was shipped uh, across the country to this country of Zambia. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a kid uh, with a picture was set back holding a basketball. And you can see my name on it, Hondo. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but it was many other countries that were sent stuff to. Yes. Uh, but those are some of the different things I, I, I did. I got an opportunity to uh, speak about recreation and, mm-hmm. and, and equipment, and different things uh, locally, statewide, and I also spoke nationally at different conferences across the country. Wow. And that's just, it's so uh, impactful and powerful. And I remember a story one time that, that we had talked about. It was, uh, there was, there was some like, you know, basically, uh, I guess every so often the recreation center in Ocean City would, would, uh, you know, implement new, uh, you know, like uh, updated, updated equipment, updated, updated basketballs, soccer balls, whatever it may be. And I remember right. you, you said you, you filled your car up with as many basketballs as you could. And you went to Flower Street in Berlin and you just, you just scattered them all across the court for, for the children. <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> so that was uh, a lot of that. Mm-hmm. That was part of the uh, global year drive. Yes. And, and when I had so much, uh, I would take that equipment and and, and take it to uh, Berlin, make sure I blow the balls up, and put them out on the court, and on a Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, when nobody was, everybody was almost gone. Right. I come by Sunday morning, and every one of those balls be gone. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I love I love it because they just mean to me, man. They were taking them, yeah, and using them, right? And using them uh, because there there would be tennis balls, soccer balls, basketball all over the place, right? Vo- vo- volleyball, and uh, but you know, this is uh, you know what what I liked about it is they really didn't know who put it out there, right? So when I would see one, I just you know give a little smile and, and move on. Yes. <laughs> now, um, if you could, if you could give any advice to anybody that is working in, whether it be um, they're working a, you know, coaching or they're doing something in the recreation field, or they're 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 a school teacher or uh, somebody in a medical position that deals with youth or or a counselor, what is just um, some advice you can pass along to them that that was. Uh, so pivotal in, in your journey that was so helpful to you and, and the, the massive success and the, uh, just the be, being close with the youth. What, what can you pass along to them? Any type of uh, wisdom or encouragement that you could provide to them? Well, I think you need to be passionate about youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to have a, heart, a lot of heart. Uh, right. if, you, if you're going to think you're going to help kids, uh, things aren't going to be uh, easy all the time. Um, you know, me growing up uh, with uh, two parents that were separated, I was going mm-hmm. back from Bishopville to Berlin, two different towns. Uh, um, we never had a had a lot, right. had much at all. Yes, my mother, and um, you know, before before I move on with that is, you know, all the sports that I played. Mm-hmm. I played it all different. I played same things I played in high school. I played in college basketball, soccer, and track, and baseball. Uh, neither one of my parents came to a game in high school or a game in college. So never, they mm-hmm. never, never got to see me play. Uh, so I would say 
that is still happening. Um, so teachers need to be aware of that. Uh, they need to be passionate, have a little heart and, and compassion mm -hmm. when when dealing with kids, but still being able to discipline them. Yes, you know, and and you know, learn how to talk to them. And that's kind of what some of that certification is about. I would discipline somebody, one of the kids, and say, "You're not going to play tomorrow, and I don't want to see you here tomorrow. But when you come on Thursday, I want you to be able to score as many bats. I want you to score 14 points for me. Can you do that?" Now it went from I'm dis I'm, I'm I, I was disciplined mm -hmm. to hoping that he could set a goal for me. Right. So you turn it around and make it positive, and that's what you have to do to kids. Yes. You can't you can't always always hammering and hammering and, and uh, not listening to them. Uh, but if you got to be compassionate with kids, and you got to love to do it, and I love to do it. Absolutely. Amen to that. And, uh, you know, there, like I said, there was never, never a question that you were always a thousand percent in, in your love and commitment with the youth and uh, with, with every working that you did with, you know, sports and recreations and all your programs. Uh, what, what would you say was your favorite event or program that happened every year at Northside Park? If, if you had to say one, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, you had many favorites, but if you could narrow down on one, what, what, is, what did you most, for, what did you most look forward to? Well, uh, you know, it's very, very hard for me because, mm -hmm. um, you know, like I said, I was a sports foot advocate. I, I was mm -hmm. an enthusiast. I loved yes. basketball, baseball. You know, I, I would say uh, probably basketball. Right, uh, because uh, that was a sport that got me into any any uh, uh, kind of activities when I was growing up. Basketball was my thing. Yes, and before I, I got to play soccer and, and baseball and all those things, um, but I uh, enjoy seeing basketball coming around, whether it's boys or girls. I love I love working with the kids. Soccer, of course, you know you look back and. Uh, uh, when I left high school, I was not only the athlete of the year uh, at Stephen Decatur, but I was also the most valuable player in soccer. Wow. So so I, I love those two sports. And uh, lo and behold, uh, uh, and I got to college, uh, <laughs> basketball and soccer, I played them. But baseball ended up being my best sport. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so I'm jumping around. So. So I love uh, when we had baseball there. I really loved having baseball there. It went away when lacrosse kind of started up, uh, and everybody started playing lacrosse uh, uh, in Ocean City. Uh, <clears throat> so we lost players. But I would mm -hmm. say uh, basketball is probably the number one program I loved. Uh, I started the first basketball camp there. Uh, got a chance to bring my my old high school and college coach. I played with the same coach in, in – uh, at Salisbury University, as it was in my coaching high school, Ward Lambert. Uh, so I started the first basketball camp. It's been going for 30 years almost and uh, started a lot of camps. Um, yes. You know, baseball, across you know, the stuff, different things. Um, Absolutely. And, but, and uh, it's hard to pick one. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe uh, you won a state championship at Stephen Decatur. Is that correct with basketball? Yes, and uh, you probably yes. you probably didn't know it, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, let's see, on March the no, was it March, February, February the twenty thirty first. It was a, it was an anniversary, wasn't it? Yes, it was our fiftieth yes. year anniversary, 
Then we wow. brought, brought back everybody that was on the team except the guys that were deceased, which mm-hmm. included uh, uh, Coach Oliver Purnell, who ended up being a coach at Clemson University, and DePaul. Yes. And he was back, and guys that played with me went uh, played basketball for University of Delaware. Uh, you know, all those guys that uh, that that played with me uh, got a chance to come back, and you know, we're still bubble the only uh, state championship team uh, at Stephen Decatur. Wow. Uh, but have you, did you ever remember the, uh, the movie called Remember the Titans? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I got to meet the coach and four of, five of the players. Wow. I got, I got to meet them. And the ironic thing about them, Bubba, was um, their situation in 1970, uh, mm-hmm. 71, happened right. the exact same time that ours did. Ours was, we won the state championship in 70, 71. Uh-huh. But the thing about our team, Bubba, was uh, when <clears throat> when I uh, when I uh, graduated from black elementary school, uh, it was an all black school. It was on Flower Street. Did you know that? No, I didn't know. There was an elementary school. Uh, mm-hmm. It was called it was called Flower Street Elementary School. Wow! And um, it was uh, like I said, it was all black, and uh, it was segregated. Uh, uh, at that time and uh, when I the 6th grade came and said look uh, you know in a couple of years uh, uh, you're going to be all the schools are going to be integrated so you have a chance to go to the all black school Worcester High School that's where the Board of Education is right now uh-huh. it was a high school that was called Worcester High uh, and that was all black school you can either go to Worcester High or you could decide to go to uh, Steve Nicada, which in a few years you're gonna have to go there anyway. Yes. So uh, uh, Ron Dixon and Oliver Pennell, myself, and a, a few uh, more uh, students, only about two more, decided to go to Steve Nicada. And um, uh, my cousin Larry Waples was the very first black to go to Steve Nicada. He went a whole year by himself. Wow. So we went the second year and when we went, that made about seven students, seven African-Americans at Stephen Cater. And we, uh, uh, you know, sometimes felt like we were in the school by ourselves because we didn't see each other till the bell rang. But uh, we did learn a lot. We got a lot, we met a lot of new friends. We couldn't play basketball, bubble. that's why mm-hmm. basketball, but we became managers. And for the, so Stephen Cater at that time was high school was seventh grade to twelfth grade. So, Seventh grade and eighth grade, we were managers watching the guys play basketball. You know, growing up when we lived that, all we had was dirt courts. Wow. So we went to the high school. This is the first time we saw a floor that we could get, we actually could get on and play. Yes. <laughs> you know, we'd see, see it at another high school, but we couldn't get on the court. And uh, uh, Flower Street never had a, a gymnasium. It was just a two, three buildings, four buildings, and, and go home. <laughs> we had a recess. Wow. Go outside and and race us each other a little bit. That's it. Right. <laughs> so, so we, uh, um, uh, and back to Fly Street, they, uh-huh. had a, they had a program called the Patrolman's Program uh, Bubble, which mm-hmm. I, w- I wish more school had that now. Uh, and the Patrolman's uh, helped all the teachers, helped the school, held the doors for students to go into class, uh, put the flag up every day, and and we did some things that now is probably illegal, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but Flyersfield Elementary was just a community school. Everybody that went there lived right in their community. Wow. So they walked to school pretty much most of the time. A few people got busted, but not that many. And uh, so we were able to uh, help as patrolmen help students across the street to go walk home, you know, stop the traffic. Hey, the parent, you know, they knew what we were doing. And, uh, so we, we, we did all those things up. Uh, and uh, there were five, uh, there were five uh, officers. So mm-hmm. there, there might have been 20, 25 uh, patrolmen in the school, in, wow. the el- in the elementary school. But there were only five officers. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they were Sherwood Purnell, Milton Purnell. And he would, they were the two captains of the patrolmen. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. No problem. There were three lieutenants, mm-hmm. and the lieutenants were Oliver Purnell, Ron Dixon, and myself. Wow. <laughs> so I'm telling you that, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. So we get into Stephen Cater, and we're only managers and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we, we started winning games and you know, when we first got there, you know, it was all white team. Right. So when we got there, you know, few of us started getting, a few of us got on the team. They got on the team, and you know, started integrating a little bit. And mm-hmm. and, uh, and finally, uh, they they didn't win very many games, and but finally we started winning some games. And and in the tenth grade, uh, they actually went to the state championship. So they lost pretty much. We we lost, um, but. Um, uh, in the 11th grade, we were able to play then, you know, we were, we were playing, right. play, we played in 10th grade a little bit, but we didn't play much because it, it was just young. Yes. And um, anyway, we ended up winning the state championship. And I tell you that because the five officers of that patrolman program mm-hmm. from that little black school, our five officers, I mentioned a few seconds ago, were the were the starting five that won the championship. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, uh, being uh, motivated in elementary school, being motivated in middle school, uh, never people, people never giving up on you, it can lead to something. Right. And how would I ever thought, I look back and said, hey, you know, we were leaders. We were leaders back in elementary school. We come to our high school and lead a team to a state championship team. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. But, right, uh, you know, I just think uh, whatever you do, working with kids, you got you got to be pa- passionate and you got to love what you're doing, and um, uh, so that's why I am still involved in recreation and parks a little bit by just spreading the words. If you're going to deal with kids, let's try to be certified and uh, yes, have, have good absolutely. And what what would you say? Um, was your favorite things about the Ocean City area and uh, and the recreation center when you were uh, when you were doing you know your works and your involvement um, and, and as you still do you you know you're still involved in things uh, what what were some of your favorite things in in Ocean City and at the recreation center? You know, I think when when I was when I was hired mm-hmm. as a recreation uh, specialist then uh, uh, before I moved up to different positions. Which all steps dealt with, with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky enough to be there uh, <clears throat> when um, a lot of the guys that I went to college with 
had moved down to Ocean City. Right. So I had some friends from Ocean City, uh, you know, people like uh, Steve Pappas, the owner of Green Turtle, and uh, Tom Dickerson. Uh, mm-hmm. He was also an owner of Green Turtle. And, and a different groups there that I could go to and say, hey, look, right off the bat, uh, hey, I, I need a sponsorship. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, okay. Hey, well, who, who, could, who do you think I could get a sponsorship? Because we have this number of teams. And they were able to give me some feedback and some leads, and I, and it kind of just blossomed from there. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, and so, so that is something that I was I was really happy because I didn't have to do it by myself. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And they were happy to help out, and uh, uh, I think the my favorite thing about working in Ocean City was uh, uh, having all those kids remember me, and. Um, they still remember me today. I went back the other week, and it was like I was still working there. Right. <laughs> it was like I was still working there, but uh, I probably forgot, didn't ask you a question. I forgot which question it was. I was just rambling. Right. It's it's no worries. <laughs> I was just um I was just kind of yeah just touching on you know what 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 your favorites were and and you know you 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 elaborated on that and you know I think the like you said the most important and just the most impressive thing was that people still remembered you. It, it was like as if you still were uh, actively in your position and and that's just a, a testament to your commitment and and your ability to to gain the trust of everyone um you know it's it's just you know there like i said there's not an adjective uh, strong enough to describe the the, the type of presence and, and power your your commitment you know what what it what it really did for so many and um it, it i'll kind of touch on that too a little bit um with with earning trust um what is what is something that you found very dear to you that uh how do you how do you earn trust of parents how do you earn trust of the youth you know, what, what is something that, that really is uh, something that you can uh, testify to of, of how you can gain the trust of a community? Because obviously you had a, a high level of respect and a lot of trust. Well, I think uh, uh, I think I gained most of my trust by um, uh, at the beginning of the programs, uh, I would set the limits, set the rules. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just say things like, "Hey, parents, if you hear that your kid is not playing the next game because of some kind of disciplinary problem, uh, I hope you back me up because right. I, I I don't want any kid not to pray. But if he's doing something wrong, and you hear that he can't play the next game, you know, just think think about it. Mm-hmm. Think that I put a really hard process." thought into it before I made that decision. So right. I did not want to have to argue with parents about what I did and what I said to them because it's not something I want to do. Yes. Uh, and <clears throat> once you set the ground rules and for the kids, you start them off with sportsmanship. How, you know, you know, you see me do it a lot, you know, at the end of the program, everybody in here, you know, one, two, three, sportsmanship counts, you know. Set them, yes. down, set them down. So what does sportsmanship mean to you? You know, those things you do at the beginning. Of a, now, should, should, should you be doing that? You know, if they said, no, I don't want to, I don't want to ha- pass the ball. Then why is that? You know, why mm. should they pass the ball back to you? Yeah, I guess, right. uh, so you start talking to them, talking to them, as I mentioned before, communicating, not only with them, but communicating with, with the parents. You know, right. let, let them know what's going on. 
almost every minute you can about the program, uh, giving them the uh, opportunity to call and talk to you and they have a problem, or, uh, something not going right, you, you know, why are we doing this, you know, be, be able to have an answer for them. Yes. So, so that's, that's, that's how you gain the trust for them. Uh, doing what you say you're going to do, whether it's uh, good or bad for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you said you're going to do it, then do it. You know, and yes. some, sometimes it hurts me to do it, but, you know, uh, matter of fact, I've had a, you know, when I was retiring uh, and a lot of things were posted on Facebook about my retirement, mm-hmm. I got, I must have had 400 comments. Wow. Uh, and most of them were uh, not only from around here, but students, or I say students, but uh, mm-hmm. participants that had been in the programs. And uh, I, I just remember one is saying, Mr. Hino, I had so much respect for you. You know, you taught me a lot. You know, uh, But I remember one day I said something back to the umpire and he threw me out of the game and you came over to talk to me and it looked like you felt worse than I did. Telling right. <laughs> Telling tell me that I could not play the next game. And and I was like, that's okay, Mr. Hino, don't worry about it. <laughs> it. It was like I was, he was, said I was like I was uh you know trying to uh cuddle you because you hated to tell me that. Right. Uh, but I always remember that. And you know the biggest thing that I really I think that I I, I uh probably thinking about it bubble is uh-huh. that um there's been at least six, maybe even seven uh, kids that came to the rec department that decided they wanted to go to college and major in recreation and parks because they wanted to do the same thing I did. Wow. And there's there's a few of them spread around the country, Florida, they're all over the place that came right out of the rec department, but only decided to major in recreation uh, uh, because they wanted to follow in my footsteps. Wow, that's that's amazing, and that's uh, uh, that's a yeah. great that's great. I I got a chance to, and that's that's one of the things I've done. Mm-hmm. I started to do anyway. Uh, I've been down to West Palm Beach, been down to Orlando. <laughs> a couple of my uh, the recreation directors down there, uh, and got a chance to visit them, see how they doing, you know, because uh, they remember that it all started there at Northside Park. Wow, <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> That that is that's it's impressive because uh, you know it's it's one thing to inspire somebody and motivate them, but for somebody to go into a same profession or get a get a similar degree and just say, "Hey, Hano, that that I pursued this because uh, you were able to just inspire me so greatly." That yeah. that's just a, that that's a, that's just another level of inspiration that that well, you know very few can can possess that type of quality to uh, inspire somebody so deeply. Yeah, that's a teardropper. Right, <laughs> teardropper, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, Bubba, you know, I've been, I've been so, so I look back and I look at those accolades that I have, and mm-hmm. I, just, I just can't believe some of it, you know. Right, right. You, you know, like I, I received the key to the key to the city twice. Mm-hmm. Wow, <laughs> you know, right, and, and it, that just doesn't happen. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, do you know anybody else with the key to the city? No, <laughs> probably somebody you never heard of. Right, but you know, uh, but yeah, twice. Wow. Yeah. 
And um, so you now you've been able to. I'm gonna, I'm going to give you a question here about about me and just kind of like uh, my workings. Um, so you've been able to see. Uh, you've been following along with what I've been doing in my in my bodyguard and security journey for for quite some time. Um, I'm sure you see on Facebook and just different outlets. Um, you know, with what I've been able to do. What what is something that that stood out to you that was uh, with, with what I've been able to do in my journey, uh, what would you say that stood out the most to you? Well, Bubba, I knew you were going to be successful. Right. Thank uh, and, you. And the reason why that is, is that you were a grinder. You didn't mm-hmm. want you did not, uh, want to set around and, and, and have things be the status quo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you saw things that, uh, other people didn't see in the neighborhoods and you wanted to do something. Uh, although, you, you did a lot of that stuff on your t- on your volunteer times, and mm-hmm. um, you had your heart into it. Yes. And once you put your heart into something, I knew that you were going to be successful. And when I heard you were uh, working uh, uh, in the in the bodyguard uh, mm-hmm. profession, profession, I said, "Well, there's no doubt he's going to be a, a real professor, professional, right. and he's going to do it right because uh, he's always." Uh, went at it 110%, whatever he was doing, and there was no doubt uh, that you were going to be successful. Yes, thank you so much, and that that means a lot um, coming from you, and, um, you know, I'm just, I'm glad to, um, you know, just that people are able to see, you know, my journey and, and you know, my my work and, you know, who I've been able to work with and just, uh, you know, things of that nature, and, um, you know, as you touched on that, if, if your heart is into something and you give it your all, that there's there's no way you'll fail. You know, if, if you're if you have complete 100 percent into everything that you're doing, uh, you know, mind, body, spirit, your heart, your mind, uh, whatever it may be, you just got to co- fully commit to it. You got to fully commit to that goal every day. You got to you got to go after it with uh, with an insane hunger. And, you know, like we touched on earlier, you got to surround yourself with uh, not just good people, but great, amazing people. And, um, what, what would you say, uh, you know, cause, uh, mentors are so important in life and, uh, you know, having, having positive people in your corner, what, what is, who was one key mentor that really helped you along your journey in life? All right. Hold it. Hold that thought for a second. Okay. Mentors. But I wanted to tell mm-hmm. you something, you know, uh, when I was leaving Ocean City, that means I had to clean up my office. Yes. And I had to remove all those photos and pictures and certificates and all that stuff off the walls. Right. And then I had to clean out my desk. You know, one time you wrote a letter hoping to become a possible volunteer of the year or coach of the year. Yes. (laughs) I still had that letter. Wow. And that's been... Like six, yeah, maybe over six years, maybe yeah. five, five years. It's been, yeah. it's been a while ago, right? But mentor, <coughs> but mentor, um, and he still is my mentor. Uh huh. That's my uh, bet. That's my basketball coach, mm-hmm. uh, Ward Lambert. Um, wow. There's not probably. Anything that I do that's major mm-hmm. decision that I don't call and ask him his his opinion on it, mm-hmm. um, and and that started in high school, um, and went on through college. Mm-hmm. Um, he was definitely my inspiration. Right, I remember calling him and saying, um, 
look, um, <clears throat> I got a chance to play basketball mm-hmm. in um, um, in Elmira, New York. No problem. In my at my at my college in New York, mm-hmm. and I went to a camp in Villanova, mm-hmm. and I got an offer to play uh, Amira, but <clears throat> I really wanted to play. I really wanted to follow my coach, right? And he says, "Well, uh, I would love to have you over here." I said, "Well, but coach, do you?" What do you think? What do you think? Can I play over there? What do you think? He says, Hondo, if you think you can, you can. And, and that's old me right there. Right. Because if your mentor thinks, tells you, you know, after preaching all these things all, all the time, you can do it, you can do it, oh, you can do it. And now says, well, uh, this is a big decision for you, but if you think you can, you can. Mm-hmm. You listen to your mentor, right? And I'm never—I mean, surgery-wise, all these different things. I never make a decision mm-hmm. uh, without speaking with him first. It's yes, just, it's just a—it's just a common thing uh, that a mentor can do for you. Yes, absolutely. It's—it's it's almost like they—they can—they can almost see ahead of the road. They can—they can. They can uh, you know, they're just a, a boatload of knowledge, and uh, they they almost know our life sometimes better than we do. It's it's amazing uh, what what a mentor can really do do for you, and uh, the purpose that they fulfill in, in your life and in your profession, and you know, with with all your workings. Um, we'll, we'll end off on this note, Honda. What what was uh, what was it that that was it something that you prayed on? Was it a sign you got? What, how did you know it was the right time to retire when you did? Well, you know, uh, my good friend, uh, uh, you know, the head basketball coach at Clemson University, uh-huh. team, a teammate, Oliver Pernell, said, hey, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, we, you'll know when it's time to retire. Right. <laughs> and um, I, um, I had... Um, planned very well uh, for for my retirement mm-hmm. and uh, I had said when I reach this certain age uh, hopefully I have everything uh, perfectly lined up and I'm just going to retire right uh, and let somebody else you know give somebody else the opportunity yes and um my wife um, had for years said, so you need to retire, you need to retire. I was like, but I need to reach this certain age. If I reach this certain mm-hmm. age, um, uh, it would line up with, with my different retirements. Right. Uh, I won't be giving money back. I want to line up. I wanted to retire <clears throat> at an age where if you retire too early, you, you might have heard this a couple of times. If you retire mm-hmm. too early, um, you have to be decide to go back to work. You have to be careful uh, how much money you make. Right. It sounds crazy, but if you make too much money while you retire, and if you retire too early, 
you have to pay the money back. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I waited until I got a, the age where um, I heard uh, the lady said to me um, in, in the discussion of, as retirement, said, okay, how do now that you when your birthday gets here, which was March the 9th mm-hmm. of last year, when your birthday gets here March the 9th, and the way you the year that you were born, mm-hmm. you can make a million dollars on March the 10th, right? And none of that will ever be taken away from you, right? So I'm like, that's what I wanted to hear. So if I wanted to decide, hey, I want to go back to work. I still get my different retirements coming to me, and I can make as much money as I want. Yes. So that's when I, uh, uh, you know, I had lived there a long time ago. Long mm-hmm. time ago, I could have retired uh, when I was, uh, uh, I think, fifty. Right. Uh, because uh, a certain number of years you have to have in with the city, and have mm-hmm. at a certain age, and mine came the same year. Right. I said, no, it's too early to retire now. I don't want to retire and uh, decide, oh, come work this summer. And then in the summer, tax side comes, hey, you, you made too much money. You owe like $3,000 because, right. because you made too much money. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm retired. How can I make more money? Too much money. Wow. <laughs> but uh, um, I, uh, that's what I was waiting for. Uh, I had a good career. Uh, the, I came in with what we call the, the, uh, the foursomes, uh, forever four, we call ourselves. Uh, that was Ron Rickards. You might not know him, but he, right. worked, he worked in the parks department. Greg Purnell, he worked in the parks department. Calvin Gittivan, he was a supervisor in the parks department. And myself, uh, we uh, <clears throat> started at City Hall on 3rd Street right. and, moved, and moved the north side together. So there's a, been a lot of us in there for a long while. Mm-hmm. But uh, all three of those guys had retired. Right. Uh, either because they were sick or either because they wanted to. And I said, you know, I'm going to retire uh, at a certain age when I want to so I have, you know, so I can enjoy myself. Yes. And I don't want to be retired because <laughs> I'm sick. Right. And, and so... Um, so I, uh, that's 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 why that's why I retired. I mean, yes. not, not that I wanted. I could have worked another ten years and still enjoyed it. The same day I came in the first way I came, uh, enjoyed it the first day. Yes. Uh, but you know, <clears throat> uh, it, it was time for me to relax a little bit, think about it, get a chance to write my book you know, because I've been putting notes notes down for years. Uh, do some traveling, get a chance to go to ball games, like I said before. And just do some things, uh, exercise. I, I've been doing so many things for for everybody else. Right. I, I, I forgot about doing something for myself. So now, right. I, just before you call, I just got back in from walking two miles. Wow. <laughs> so so I, I never had a chance to do that because I was always helping somebody else do something. Right. So, so now I uh, get a chance to. Uh, help my body uh, recuperate from all these years of gaining weight. So <clears throat> uh, I'm breathing better. I feel, feel, feel a lot better. And uh, Larry willing, I'll be living for a little bit longer. 
Amen. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you're always in my thoughts and prayers and, and, you know, may God always continue to bless you. And, um, you know, I just appreciate you so much for your time uh, this evening and, and for coming on uh, my podcast. And uh, if there is any any last words that you any type of last offerings or words that you want to pass on while you're on this podcast, Hanna, um, you know, I'll give it to you uh, to, to kind of c- conclude this. And then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll sum things up and and, you know, that will be everything. And like I said, I'm, I'm extremely, uh, you know, it, it's uh, such a blessing to have you on here and that. Uh, just know that you inspired me in my journey and in, in, in life, uh, in, in my profession. And, you know, you've always just uh, been that constant reminder to follow your dreams and just do right by people and, and you know, keep keep connections in life and, you know, lead, lead with your heart. You know, show people that, that you know, that love love is over anything, that when you lead with your heart and love that you, there's nothing that can't be done and there's not a connection you couldn't, uh, you know, there's not a connection that can't be uh, made happen. Well, I, I would say whatever you do in life, mm-hmm. uh, make sure it's something that you enjoy. Yes. See, I enjoyed going to work every day, <clears throat> and that was that was also a problem. Yes. Because I wanted to make sure everything was correct before I left. Right. So, so if I'm going to work eight o'clock in the morning, hey, sometimes I'm not leaving at nine, ten o'clock at night. Wow. Uh, it doesn't seem fair, but to me, it just seemed like it was a normal day. Right. Uh, and I was trying to do everything I could to uh, make, bring smiles to not only the kids, but I dealt with adults, you know, all, mm-hmm. the, do- yes. all the adult sports. So with the kids, you know, when you have a um, hundred kids in the, in the basketball program, which we average about 150, mm-hmm. uh, so you had 150 kids that you're trying to, uh, some kind of way, bring a smile to their face. <clears throat> then you got, you know, a father and a son for most of them. But that's 300 people. So now you're dealing with 450 kid, people wow. in, one, in one league. Right. So it is very important to like what you do, be honest with the people, uh, smile every day, uh, because if you're looking grumpy, they're gonna look grumpy. Right. <laughs> uh, be be so honest that you can go into the stands and say, "Hey, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Torillo, hey, kind of ease up, man. I, I know you're into the game, and you know, but you know, ch- try to ease up on it. Your, your kids over there saying, well, I wish my dad would stop hollering.' Right. But, <laughs> but he can't hear that. Right. So he can't hear that. So be able to have such a love relationship that you can come up and jump in the stands and take a seat with him and say, look, I don't know if you know it, but your son was hoping that you could be quiet a little bit. <laughs> you know, those kind right. of things. So, right. so have heart. Uh, say what you're going to say, what you do, because I mean mm-hmm. what you say. Uh, be happy with everybody. Have an open door or whatever you're going to policy. They want to call you, let them call you. They want to complain, listen. Don't try to contradict and tell you what the rule is. You listen because 95% of the time, they don't even know what the, the rule is. They just listen. That's the, that's the other thing. People are coming from different places, and they don't know what the philosophy of the, the, the department is. They say, yes. oh, okay, so you used to live in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, I lived in Baltimore. We did. Well, guess what? Did you read those policies when we those rules we set home at the beginning? You know, I didn't get a chance to read those rules. 
I, I said, well, we did a little bit different down here. Now, what, now here's this rule right here that you're talking about. Oh, I didn't know that. But, and so you got to listen, uh, be able to have an open door, like what you're doing, keep smiling, promote sportsmanship, and just love uh, everyone that's participating with you. Absolutely, and I, and I can testify to that, that, uh, you know, a simple smile, hug, handshake, fist pound, you know, it can really just change somebody's day and, uh, you know, that if you constantly lead with your heart and, like you said, just, you know, cont- continually wear a smile and love what you do and, you know, it truly makes a difference and not only does it impact you and your profession, but it impacts so many others that you come in contact with in your, in your daily workings and, and uh, in your career. And uh, I just want to thank you again so much, Hondo. Um, this was Al Hondo Handy. Uh, citizen of the year two times, um, which is just unbelievable and, and uh, you know, s- such a blessing that he was able to receive that accolade and such a high honor, not once but twice. And uh, he had a 40-year career in recreation and parks uh, in Ocean City, Maryland. And, uh, you know, I hope you truly do enjoy retirement. You, you are so earning and deserving of it. 